slid back when like a child running wild in the outside you got older to a T. It we got really far though. We got like we, 75% of our plan. Yeah. Achieved. I'm, yeah. This is Smile You Love Us. We're a teen movie podcast. We had a plan in our last episode that we were going to do a double podcast recording. And then we got too drunk. That's so not really what happened. Uh it's is it not? It's not like we spent like 9 hours in my apartment with like a 1 hour sunshine interlude and maybe like a bottle and a half of wine. Okay. Yeah. I guess we got too sleepy. We it's were just kind of like sloth like yeah. by the end of the day. However, we did watch two horror movies which we wanted to roll out before while your spooky season on was Halloween. happening. And on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And it is a beautiful fall day. It really is. It's it's spooky. Are you going to dress up for Halloween this year? I haven't decided. I usually like to go all out, and then if I can't go all out, I like to think of something clever last minute, but I have a feeling that this will be a year where I just kind of... I've seen the clever last minutes, and they're quite clever oh, last minutes. thank you. We I will never see. dress up. Um, yeah, I think... I just... But I love it so much, and I love when oh, other yeah. people dress up, and I love scary movies, so that's why this was a really fun podcast to do we didn't we know that scary movies is like such a huge genre and we really didn't want to get bogged down and like are we going to do all seven halloweens are we going to do right because those are summer camp horror teen movies like there you can go into such minutiae so we thought let's keep it simple let's go with our 90s teen dream classics that we remember except i hadn't seen Scream. I thought that I hadn't seen, I know what you did last summer, but as the movie was going on, we watched it, we watched Scream, and then we watched I Know What You Did Last Summer. And I kept kind of, like, mentioning plot points, like, oh, I bet this is going to happen. And then I was like, hmm, I think I know why this is going to happen, because I've definitely seen this movie before, and it's just not that memorable. So, I actually forgot it already after rewatching it, and I was like, (laughs) what even happened in that film? It was terrible. So, we're going to start with Scream, because... I think chronologically, it was made before, I know you did last summer. What year was Scream made? 1995. Oh yeah, perfect. I should have guessed by the size of the phones. Um, 1996. Okay, Sorry. great. Yeah, we're starting, we're starting this pot off great. <laughs> but it was a Wes Craven film, which if you guys are into horror, you'll know he is famous for many, many scary movies, um, including Nightmare on Elm Street, which is a, is a teen scary movie we considered. You know, you got a young Johnny Depp, you got yeah. high school kids being terrorized by a... It felt a little too firm in the horror genre exactly. than in the teen Exactly. Genre. And I also think it's probably been talked to death on by people much more into horror than we are. Yeah. Um, he also did The Hills Have Eyes, The Last Sense on the Left, Swamp Thing, Invitation to Hell. I mean, he's got a long, long... And he loves scary movies. He's a yeah. scary movie buff fan and scream is a definite homage to other horror films Mm -hmm. it it makes fun of the genre it's so delightful if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it i really enjoyed it it's a really really good movie so much so that i plan on i plan on watching scream 2 uh on a 6 30 a.m flight tomorrow which is hysterical yeah i'm gonna look insane (laughs) you really are although i don't know now horror is like 
it's so normalized. Yeah, like, it's six thirty is a little. No, that's weird. <laughs> no, you're a weirdo. Uh, yeah, but it's. I'm not gonna go too deep into the plot first of all because I don't want to spoil it. So I will tell you if there are spoilers because I do really want people to watch this movie if they haven't seen it. I feel like people think they know what it's about, and then you watch it, and it's actually pretty well written and plot driven. Yeah. So I would... I was listening to a podcast earlier this week, to, I told you this, that I was listening to Keep It, mm-hmm. and Ira Madison said that, or was, it was Ira or Lewis, obviously, but I can't remember which one of them said that their favorite scary movie was Scream 2. Yes. Because Scream 1 was too perfect of a movie to have it feel like an indulgence. Yes. I totally agree with that. Yeah. You do. You want... It, Scream is campy, but it's not campy... It, it's, it's a too tight, self-aware it's a play. It's yeah. like, which I guess is... It's great. Anyways. It's great. And it focuses on a group of teens, which is our specialty, who are being terrorized by a serial killer who dresses up in a cheap Halloween costume and stabs people to death with this really hilarious, like, almost like high school prop, play prop knife. Like yes. It's, and it's meant to be silly looking. It's like, huge. It's huge, and, and, and it makes hilarious slashing sounds. Yeah. And, but it's not, but it's gruesome. But it also turns your stomach a little. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a really interesting choice. Yeah. And obviously a very intentional choice. And it focuses on Sidney Prescott, whose mother was killed similarly a year before. And they put a man away... And so she thinks, okay, this can't be the same killer, but now she's nervous, like, did they get the wrong guy? Um, Cotton Weary, played by Lee Schreiber, is the maybe... You never really... You see him, like, he doesn't speak. Yeah. And you can tell that they're just setting up for a sequel. Right. <laughs> but he, um, she's now she's all paranoid, like, not only did I put the wrong guy away, now the guy who killed my mom is after me and all my friends and is, like, killing everyone. Right. And definitely traumatizing her specifically. And the premise of the movie, which you obviously couldn't do any, you couldn't really do a remake of this in the same way, is that he calls people on their landlines mm-hmm. and asks them what their favorite scary movie is. And they talk about scary movies for a little bit. He does, like, some weird trivia questions. And then he says something creepy like, I'm in your house. Or, like... What are you wearing, Blondie? Right, right. You know, like weirdly personal. Not too personal, but like, wait, is he watching me? Yeah. Who is this person? Questions like, um, but it no, it couldn't work with it. Yeah, people would just hang up there because like cell phones and like are a big part of this. It's almost like you're listening to cereal all over again. (laughs) 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 Um, yeah, and the movie employs a fun tactic in the beginning that you pointed out was like the Marion Crane move. Yes, yeah, so spoiler alert, this movie stars Nev Campbell, Skeet Ulrich, um, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, and Drew Barrymore. And Drew Barrymore You're is... You're leaving out two huge people. Oh, I'm sorry. Courtney Cox and David Arquette, who yeah. met on this film, by the way. This is how they got together. And Courtney Cox is... Perfect. Courtney Cox plays an incredible like tablet. She's like if Monica was trashy. Yes, it's so good. Yeah, like if Monica was from Jersey instead of (laughs) Long Island. 
Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> she's got like this big hair. She's like, but like with streaky highlights. Yeah. yeah. She's very. I, I'm trying to think of what they're, what they were, um, framing her as. Because she's like a tabloid sensational yeah. news anchor. Drew Barrymore is billed as the main person in this film. She's on all the posters. The marketing was like very much centered around her. She did all the press, and she gets killed. Spoiler alert! Before the opening credits, she she's a to- they totally threw you this red herring where you think you're gonna she's gonna carry you through the movie. And I said it was um, an homage to Psycho because mm-hmm. you have this famous actress Marion Crane, or not Marion Crane. Her name. I do too, but she plays Marion Crane, and you think, okay, this movie is about her. She's gonna be here through the whole thing, and then she gets killed in the shower scene. Yeah, and, like, and first... the movie kind of t- turns on it. So this does a very similar thing where it sort of upends your expectations about where this film is going. And then right. it gets really exciting because you're like, oh, I thought she was going to be the focus and now I don't know who to care about. I oh, also it- think it puts you on edge because yes. you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. You're like, anyone could go. Well, and there's even a point where you, there's a couple points in Drew Barrymore's like big death scene that you think like she's gonna get away now yes and then the fact that she just doesn't and doesn't and doesn't and it's the first 10 minutes of the movie you're like uh oh yeah and it's it's really brilliant and it sets the tone for the film so perfectly which is just like who do i trust mm-hmm. who do i i can't trust the director of this film like mm-hmm. he just totally messed with me i can't trust who like the star characters are because i i mean neff campbell was coming off of Party of Five. Yeah. She... She's pretty trustworthy. You know that she's not the killer. But yes, that's pretty much but it. But that's pretty much it. You don't trust her dad. No. You don't trust her boyfriend. You don't trust her friends. You don't trust the cops. Um, David Arquette plays like a bumbling new deputy sheriff. Yeah. And he sometimes is almost like too inept that you're like, oh, this is all an act. Like, he's clearly right. the killer. Aaron said to me, I want to say no fewer than 12 times. He's the killer. That's the killer. <laughs> About is that the killer? People. About, yeah. like, six different people. I was like, oh, okay, I figured it out. Yeah. She's, She's like, I, I think I've read this before. I No, I knew this. He was the killer. He's the killer. He's the, Right? He's the killer? Right. I was like, Aaron, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and at one point, following Jubilee Ward's death, they all go back to the high school, and, and Aaron goes, oh, they're sad now. <laughs> And then Nev Campbell's, like, walking through high school, like, through, like, the parking lot, and it's, like, people, like, murmuring about these, like, two brutal murders. And I think the thing that's different about this movie and, like, some of the others that we've watched recently is this movie's, like, really grounded in reality and, um, like, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is not, and, like, Heathers is not, where you have, like, all these deaths, and so I was, like... Oh, they're sad now. Like they, these people are living in our moral world. Um, but yeah, I was tickled by this. Movie. Yeah, it's really good. And I kind of forgot the plot that her mom. I mean, I had seen this many times before, but I forgot the plot that her mom had actually been killed the year before, and that actually added a layer I hadn't considered into Nev Campbell's character. Yeah, where it's like. You just, I just felt her trauma so much more this time around watching it. And she's, like, a very good actress. Yeah, Nev Campbell's great. We, 
I feel like we're going a little off of our usual template, but that's okay. When we were talking to our friends the day after we watched this movie, there was like a large group of people and everyone was just kind of like, oh, Nev Campbell. Like everyone just has a big crush on her Mm -hmm. and a big soft spot for her. And she's just like so cute, but like that's, that's like not the right word for her, but she's just so like wholesome yeah and alluring at the same time and she's vulnerable but she has an edge she has an edge when she's pushed and that's what's so fun about watching her get pushed yeah um and in this movie she certainly gets pushed yeah and even so one of my favorite things about this movie is the dynamic between nev campbell's character and courtney cox's character and they are both you know uh, Courtney Cox has written this searing expose about the criminal case proceedings um, that result that, that were a result of Nev Campbell's mom's murder, and Nev Campbell's like step off, and they just keep having these kind of like back and forths with these ridiculous bangs. Yeah. At one point, we joked that the awards we should have given out were worst bangs because they were so bad, and we might still because. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt also has to say it's a good segue into I know we did last summer because both her and Sarah Michelle Gellar have terrible. Oh, I forgot about Sarah Michelle Gellar. Terrible things. Yeah. So I know what you did last summer came out in 1997, and uh, the cast is a little stacked. It's Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Stacked in more ways than one, I will say. (laughs) Live. That's a boob joke. So the cast includes. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Phillippe, this was two years before Cruel Intentions, and it was the same year that Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, came out. So Sarah Michelle Gellar was having a real banner. Yeah. She was years. She's quite hot. Uh, then her future husband, love of my life, Freddie Prinze Jr. Noted cameo. Noted cameo. Participant. Yeah. Which we also watched with our friends after (laughs) the Nev Campbell Love Fest. Uh, and Jennifer Love Hewitt. It was directed by Kevin, I'm sorry, Jim Gillespie. Kevin Williamson wrote the script, Jim Gillespie, who really hasn't done anything since, and I think that's probably for the best. Yeah. This movie, like I said, I've seen it before. It's pretty bad. It basically, not basically, it actually centers around four teens. They're paired up by hair color, which I just really want to... Yes. Laugh Very about. important. Um, it's, like, it's like Betty and Veronica. Yes, it absolutely <laughs> is. It absolutely is. Um, so their name, their, I don't even remember their name. It doesn't matter. It's some of the laziest writing I've ever seen. Yeah. The film starts and you understand that these are popular seniors in high school. They live, uh, supposed to be coastal Carolina, but Blythe and I were both, uh, as familiar with coastal Northern California. We're like, this doesn't, and I'm also familiar with coastal North Carolina, which is flat dunes, wide beaches, and this is, like, craggly rocks and cliffs. Welcome to Coastcast, where we just I was, discuss oh, different <laughs> coastal regions that, of the United States. That's why I'm tired planned life. No, there was a scene where I was like, I'm watching Big Little Lies. This looks yeah. exactly like the One, opening credits of Big Little Lies. 1,000%. So, weird, and so in the 90s that it was uh, affordable to, it was more affordable to film something in Northern California than... I don't understand the economics of I that, was thinking maybe it was a an issue with, like, Buffy locate, like, they were filming Buffy at the same time or something. I don't know. It was strange. It was very strange. It also d- set up 
it made it seem like these teens lived in of a different universe and like it should have been set in like Cape Cod in some like quaint little fishing town. Yeah. Well, North Carolina does have quaint little fishing towns. Anyways, I digress. The cliffs are important because the movie starts with this man sitting on a cliff, then it flashes to these teenagers who are like having the time of their lives. Sarah Michelle Geller wins a beauty award a beauty pageant. They all go a party, drink on the beach, kind of like underneath these cliffs. They're driving home. Uh, everyone's kind of laid out their grandiose plans for, you know, post-grad. And uh, Freddie Prinze Jr. is driving Ryan Phillippe's car. Ryan Phillippe is a rich kid. Apparently he only plays rich kids. And Freddie Prinze Jr. is, like, working class. Apparently he also only plays working class. <laughs> and um, so I just like to imagine, like, what their agents were thinking at this time. They're like, ooh, Ryan, you can't go for this. He's like a farmer. <laughs> like, like, this role is not for you. Um, the, the word smug doesn't appear in the script anywhere. I, I don't think you can take it, Ryan. So, uh, because Ryan Phillippe is too drunk to drive, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. is driving, Ryan Phillippe is leaning out of the sunroof, spills, like, an entire bottle of something. It seems like, like Jack it was, Daniels yeah, or something. Yeah. Uh, on to Freddie Prince Jr. And Freddie Prince Jr. swerves on these windy roads that don't exist in North Carolina and hits a man, kills him. They, so they think. They decide to uh, throw him off of the cliff because that feels like a suitable way to, to solve these problems. Otherwise, right. they'd be charged with Yeah, they have, a, they have a very... Um, fervent discussion about how, like, because Freddie Prince Jr. was driving and he smells like whiskey because he got some spilled on him by Ryan Phillippe, like, they're, he's definitely, they're definitely going to pin him for drunk driving. Right. I was like, well, I mean, you killed a man. Like, they don't, it doesn't need to be drunk yeah, driving. Yeah, they but, can just get you for vehicular manslaughter. Um, and then Sarah Michelle Geller is like, and I, it's so interesting because I watched the trailer for this before. The trailer's like... I know what you did last summer. Well, Starring. It's, like, not a real trailer. No, but I also watched one where Ryan Phillippe's, like, yelling at Sarah Michelle Gellar, and he's like, what do you think's gonna happen to you, Miss Prelaw? And oh. I was like, and then in the film, she... She wants to be an actress. Yeah. Like, they never... That never comes up again, oh, so I'm wondering if they had, like, a different... If they were, like... If this was, like, a choose-your-own-adventure in the editing room. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> That would explain so much so, of how we got here. they're all like, oh, our futures are going to be jeopardized. Like, we're all going to go to jail. Even, like, why would Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Gellar go to jail? Why yeah. would Ryan Phil be good? Like, why would anyone but the guy who's driving right, right. and hit the guy? I don't know. It, no one would go to jail. I don't know coastal North Carolina's <laughs> criminal justice system. So. I just think, I don't know. So then a year goes by, you got the one year later title card, uh... Jennifer Love Hewitt comes home from college. She's, like, flunking some of her classes. She looks way less bubbly than she did when the film started. Her bangs are just listless. Really stringy. Yeah, it was not a Lifeless. good look. Not great. And then Freddie Prinze Jr. Turns out he didn't even go, make it to college. Sarah Michelle Gellar lasted, like, she moved to New York to be an actress. She lasted, like, six weeks. Now she's working at her dad's um, department store. Ryan Phillippe just seems to be, like, drinking all day long in his, like, mansion. And going to this weird boxing gym. Oh, yeah. That's so strange. Yeah. Um, so, so then they real, then, um, the day that Julie, Sarah, oh, God, Jennifer Love Hewitt gets home, 
her mom is like, oh, here's this this note came for you, and the note says, I know what you did last summer. And really cool. Really cool writing. And writing. Yeah, I want to know what kind like, of, like, all caps is. and, like, a nice Sharpie. So, long story short, then they're basically on the run from whoever knows their secret, trying to figure out who it is. They find out that um, there had been a funeral for some man that they thought had committed suicide, and they thought that it, it was this guy. This guy turns out to be the brother of Anne Hache, who's, like, living as a recluse in the woods, fishing. Very strange. Yeah. Very appropriate for Anne Hache in 1999 to be, like, cast in this role. Like, I was like, oh, this is why you had a meltdown. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's really weird, and then they realize that there's, that all the, these parts aren't adding up, and each of them starts to get targeted, like, more and more intensely yeah. with friends dying, and yeah. um, there's a few little, like, horror stylistic clues, like someone puts an ice pick down, and when they come back, the ice pick's gone. Yeah, we or... should say that the the killer is this, like, shrouded oh, yeah. figure who wears, like, a rain slicker in all black. You never see his face. And yeah, he, he has looks a like hook for a hand. <clears throat> and he kills people with his hook. And that was mentioned in, in before they killed the guy, they were talking about, like, famous horror stories, and they talked about the guy right. with the hook who was, like... So it's like they're living out this nightmare that they created, you know, on, it's almost like they brought him to life when they were talking about him on the beach. And he goes around killing people with a hook. The hook, the murders aren't gruesome, like, screamed. They're just funny. Like, they're not... They're not gruesome. They're, like, um, they're campy. They try to be gruesome, yeah. but they just come on. they fall pretty fast. I actually don't think they try to be gruesome. I think oh, that no? they're try I think that it's, like, very clearly a middle-of-the-road horror movie. Oh, okay. I thought they were just, like... Bad at effects and Maybe. bad at making well, the suspense. End, so the and... end of the movie arrives and we've lost a few people. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar is dead. Ryan Phillippe is dead. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt thinks that Freddie Prince Jr. is the killer to her huge downfall because he's not. And then she kind of like runs to refuge with the actual killer who really weird convoluted plot about like his daughter, it's it's irrelevant. Yeah. Anyways, this guy has a vendetta. He was the one that was on the road when they killed him. He wasn't dead. He wasn't when they dead. Um, he just fell. In, you know, they put him in the water, and he came back to life. Uh, and so then, I actually think that the final scene where they're on the boat. It's a huge, huge fishing boat. Yeah. Which was unrealistic. But Aaron just kept saying, like, that wouldn't exist in a fishing boat. No, I was like, it that wouldn't... boat's too big to be... It was just, like, that boat wouldn't have been... The size of that boat and the marina that it pulled out of were one thing. And then the size of the boat, once the camera is in it, like, it absolutely made no sense. I just was so in awe of Aaron's maritime knowledge. I don't even have that much. It's just, like, innate from where I grew up. Which, it was... But it was really, really fun for me to, to have someone watch this movie, and that's like what they're upset about right, is like yes. this is a completely unrealistic depiction it of a fishing boat. Completely, well, of uh, no, a, a fishing boat. To, not it was a realistic fishing boat, but it was like it was like if you said that something took place in an apartment and then you filmed it in a mansion. Okay, see that. that to me, is hilarious. I, for me, it just looked like a boat. I and thought that I, I that, was. I thought that scene. She would. She was standing up in the middle of like an ice cooler on this like tiny little boat. All of a sudden, and I, I'm sorry. No, I. 
I'm just letting you know, this is what it was like watching movies, and it was great. I was, like, on the edge of my seat, like, Aaron, what, please tell me more about this boat. <laughs> so, um, I actually found that scene to be appropriate payoff for the movie. Like, it was a chase scene, almost, like... It, you had a little bit of adrenaline watching it. You're rooting for Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. Like, it was a good climax in terms of, like, um, what's going to happen. I hope she gets out alive. And, and the movie doesn't really set you up the way that Scream does to be emotionally invested in these people. Like, they're kind of a little deplorable. Yeah, I mean, Scream has several deplorable characters, but they mm. do such a good job of making you like them. Right, and you also don't necessarily know they're deplorable until the movie progresses, yeah. whereas I Know What You Did Last Summer starts with them just being reckless and then being like, well, we don't want to take any consequences, so we're hiding a, a dead body. Yeah. Like, you don't build that much goodwill with these characters, whereas in Scream, even the bad ones, like, have a few scenes where you're like, no, maybe they're good, maybe they're good. Right. They or at good. least they're funny and, right. like, kind of charming in some scenes. I just realized, because when you said that Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan Phillippe are they're paired by hair color, yeah. it's the same with Scream. Nev Campbell's boyfriend is Skeet Ulrich, and Rose McGowan's boyfriend is Stu, played by Matthew Lillard, and they both have, like, that peroxide dyed hair. Does I think Matthew Lillard has, like, brownish hair in this movie. He's not, like, blonde... No. No? Alright, well, points But I know stands. what you mean, yeah. Like, Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich are definitely of the same, like, brooding, you know, I mean, hair in the face, totally. hair in the eyes, like... Totally. Like, leather jackets, and Rose McGowan and Stu are, like... I keep saying Rose McGowan and Stu, but... <laughs> Tata, she played... Her character name is Tatum, which is such a good 90s Great name. 90s name. Um... Yeah, I will say that I know what you did last summer, just to touch on, like, a little bit of cultural trivia, because uh, Scream is obviously so pervasive in pop culture. Matt told me that he's watched all five of them, and I was like, how is that possible? And he was like, I was 12 when it came out. Like, of course I've seen all of them. Oh, my God. And I was cracking up when the movie, when Scream first started, because they're running, you know, the Scream mask is so, like iconic and it was also so readily available in like everyone's parents basement from like a bucket of halloween costumes and so when the killer enters the house for the first time when you first see him like i giggled because i was like it looks like a 12 year old is like running around on halloween yeah um but then so and scream yeah has like i wouldn't say a cult following like i would say it's like firmly placed as like a great movie and i know what you did last summer actually won a lot of Blockbuster awards. I don't know if you remember that did. Blockbuster had awards. Of course it did. Yeah, so so it was nominated for a ton, and then uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt won Best Newcomer, and Sarah Michelle Gellar won Best Supporting Actress in the Blockbuster oh. Awards. And it was also the number one movie at the box office for like a month when it opened. See, that is the amazing thing about film in the 90s, is that like, this was a high-grossing film. Yeah. Like, this would not be made today. This would be, like, a weird Netflix movie that, like, had, like, a few threads on Reddit. Yes. If it was made yes. today. 
And yeah. unless maybe was, like New York Mag would write about it in like a that high low um, right. grid. I mean, maybe if you get some like super superstar actors to play these teens, you could make. I mean, they're AJ like, Kappa. <laughs> I mean, JK Kappa. <laughs> We know his name is KJ Appa. I don't know. I actually don't know that I do. But do we think that these are good teen movies? Like, we know that Scream is a great horror movie. I think it's a pretty good teen movie. I do, too. Again, because it has a great teen... Um, tro- it's not a trope. It's just, like, a good thing about teen movies is there are no parents. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Her dad is full on missing. Her mom has been killed, and none of the other people seem to have parents. So the, the parents are nowhere to be found, and there's a serial killer on the loose. And these teens are just like having house parties what? and like going on joy rides. And there's not one time when a parent is like, "Maybe you should come home and not like be outside when there's a serial killer who's preying on oh, yeah. teens." School gets canceled because of a serial killer, and everyone's like, "Party!" <laughs> um. My, this is a side story about no parents. This is, like, one of my favorite family stories. So, you've heard me talk a lot about my cousin, Megan, who's in her, she's, like, 20 years older than me, 18 years older than me. And so, her and her brother uh, are, like, close in age, and when they were in middle school and high school, their parents, my uncle, um, was the one that was the tennis coach, and so he traveled with his team all the time. And, um, they were, like, really not home that much, and we had other relatives, like, aunts and uncles that, like, lived near them and would stay, but they were only six, seven, eight years older than my cousin, so they were, like, 25 and taking care of these kids, so they would always have these big parties, and, um, at one party, apparently, someone, someone, like, a guest in the house picked up a framed family photo and was like, who are these people? And they were like, those are our parents, but they were like, you guys don't have parents. (laughs) what a teen movie is like. It's Their like, stories are really good because they were like uh, late 70s, early 80s, like teen, tweens to teens. And that makes sense. So, yeah. Anyway. You guys don't have parents. parents. <laughs> um, so I do think that that, aside from that, I mean, which is, I mean, it's fully centered on the teens and there's some great conversations they have. Like, Jamie Kennedy plays a tertiary character who works at the local blockbuster yeah. and knows a ton about horror movies and they have these really deep slash not deep uh, discussions about horror movies and like who's gonna live and who's gonna die and like it's if she, if you're a virgin you live and then it gets into this whole like right. teen sex conversation which is super interesting. A lot of the and, horror yeah and I think that the horror like because Wes Craven is such a horror fan the language is like very coded when they're talking about horror movies in a way that is like, wink, wink to the audience, but also, like, no, this is what I actually have to say about it. It's not, it's not, I mean, it is a campy movie, but it's not overtly, like, da-da-da-da-da-da. It's, like, actually, here's my good, valid point. Yeah, and it turns it on its head, and it's just really fun in that way, but I do, the fact that the teens are the ones giving these speeches and having these, like, yeah, thoughtful reflections on And clearly working through their own issues, oh, like, yeah. through these horror movies, and it's very... Right, well, and that's what it comes out to in the end, is, like, 
working through your issues through horror movies. Yeah. Which and is to a, to, to a detriment. And I think that I Know What You Did Last Summer is a bad movie, but I think it's a good teen movie for uh, a generation. Yes. I wouldn't want anyone to suffer through it if you haven't seen no. it. But if you are just like, man, I'd love to get a little slice of 90s nostalgia and like... It's kind of like the most... Per- it's like a perfect hangover movie almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you are just chilling on your couch and it's on TBS or TNT or something, like, yeah, I would, I would, I would stop and for watch. Sure. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the most true to teen life moment for you? I mean, it's pretty difficult because yeah. they're all dealing with some pretty out there situations. I would say the friendship between Tatum and what's her name, Sydney. Sydney. Yeah, um, when is like the most true to teen life mo- yeah. because the way that they depend on each other. Like that's the thing in a lot of teen movies is when bad things happen. There's, like, no accountability mm-hmm. for, for your friends. And it's, like, that wouldn't actually... You wouldn't just, like, actually ditch your friend. And so for the, the two of them to be, like, really reliant on each other as a through line. And then, obviously, Tatum. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that that was pretty I agree, because life. she really does rely on Tatum. Because, her, again, her dad is on a business trip. They can't find him. Which is, you know, an, an, again, an interesting 90s problem. Because, like, right. everyone would have a cell phone now. But she says, Tatum, you have to sleep over my house tonight. Right. And then that was, like, I used to stay at my friend's houses oh my for, God. like, similar reasons. Totally. Like, you just don't want to be alone. Right. And so, I agree. Like, that was... And it felt... I really liked their friendship. Yeah. I liked the two of... And she would be hanging out with her boyfriend, and she'd be like, done. Like, I'm dumping Sue. I'm coming over right now. Right. Right. Like, it was no question. Right. So yeah. I agree with you. I think that's a good one. Le- least true to life, all of it. Like, murder. being... Yeah. Murder. Murder. <laughs> um, we have some limited superlatives, because this felt like a tough... Yeah. Do we... Um, do we want to do an angst? Most angsty oh, right. moment? I think it's just Sydney yelling at um, Courtney Cox's character. Oh, it's interesting. Not, you know. Because... You think that's the best get-out-of-my-room speech? I do, because she's... The feelings are real. She's articulating right. real feelings about Courtney Cox's character sort of making money off of her mother's yeah. murder and then, you know, Cotton Weary's trial for the murder of her mother. And, hmm. I don't know, I mean, I guess I know you did last summer has some, like, they're dealing with their issues of, obviously, the trauma of I would say someone, Sarah but... Michelle Gellar's little meltdown at the perfume counter mm-hmm. is pretty good. That's a good one. Um, what would you say is the best death scene? I the best death. The best death. I love Rose McGowan's death. Oh, mostly because she they just continue to put her into smaller and smaller spaces and see if she can get out. And it's like that's a really good point. First of all, it's just, like, you, you just feel for her so bad. Because she's like, my hips are too big for this doggy oh. door. And it's like, well, you know, you have, like, 18-inch waist. Like, oh the God. fact that you can't even get yourself in that doggy door is incredible. I would be like, oh, there goes my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and she's just given this whole soliloquy about how, like, you know, there's always she hates horror movies because they're so predictable because there's always some like big titted blonde who like runs up yeah, up and the stairs her. when she's supposed to run out the front door and then she gets murked like 
It's totally her. And it's and she's wearing this like great nineties outfit of like a ribbed mock turtleneck t shirt, yeah. sweater, and like a schoolgirl skirt. It's great. I feel like I always think of Rose McGowan in a schoolgirl skirt from for like twenty years of her career. Yeah. Um, I actually think that the the final death in Scream is a pretty good one. Mm, mm-hmm. Like a well paced yeah. one, but I'm not gonna spoil who that is. When the killer is Revealed. Revealed. Um, I think that that might actually be the best death because you kind of like gasp and then you laugh. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is like the nice thing about horror movies is that like cathartic anxiety release. Yes. Um, who do, We've talked about the best friend. Who do we think is like the worst friend? I uh, can't do this without spoiling it. Oh. Uh, oh. Then we cannot do it. We'll skip over Okay. It. I would. I want to give a shout out to Drew Barrymore's death too. Oh yeah, great. Yeah, we'll we'll cut out worst. I mean, yeah. I don't know. There's some bad friends in Scream. I actually think that Julie, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt's character, is like a pretty bad friend. She's a very bad friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Who would you want in your corner if you were being chased by a serial killer? It would. It would be between. Sydney Prescott and Gail Weathers. Or oh, I'm full Gail Weathers. Yeah. yeah. The fact that she the keeps Courtney her heels on the entire yeah. movie is yeah. phenomenal. Uh, and who do you think is most likely to survive another horror movie? Nev Campbell. I'm actually giving this to Freddie Prinze Jr. Oh, good for you. Yeah. I think he's got the brawn. He's like fast thinking. He doesn't get too emotional in the moment. Like I think that the tactically he's he's can escape a physical battle better. I that's a good point. Nev might be able to outsmart, yeah, and outwit, but I think that the survivor podcast. Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. Outwit. <laughs> <laughs> Outlast. Outplay. Do we think that any of these should be remade? I I mean, Scream cannot be remade just yeah. for all a lot of the reasons we just said. I would be into a more psychological teen thriller again like we were discussing maybe doing cabin in the woods which i feel like is the yeah. closest thing to that but for certain reasons that's like a little less teen in its psychology you yeah know I, mean? I know i mean i think there because it's more like social commentary yeah i don't know i do think though like like, if you made Gossip Girl a horror movie? Totally. Like that yeah, that's what I'm crazy. saying. Right. Yeah. Like, I would love something like that. And I, so I don't necessarily want to, I mean, do not remake. I know what you did last summer. No. Oops. There's not much to remake. And I also think remake versus sequel is an interesting question. Yeah. Like, could there, because especially in the in the horror movie genre, there are, like, 17 Halloween Halloween movies. just got another reboot last yeah. year. And... So it's, is I think, it a... I think that Scream could have a, I mean, I don't know how, like, the last Scream... Also, the other thing that's interesting is oftentimes in horror movies, if a new director or screenwriter comes on to a franchise, they'll, or actually I should say this about all franchises, there's this new permission that seems to have been granted where people can just erase movies and yes. be like, we're actually going to pick this up after the second movie. So yes. pre- pretend those other four movies didn't exist. Right. I do think there's a world in which, like, Sydney Prescott has a, a kid. Right. And it's yeah. like It wouldn't that. be a re... Would it be a reboot? Like, what do you... I mean, right. Or Sydney Prescott's, like, a cop, or I don't know. Yeah. You know, there's, totally. there's a world in which we 
meet Sidney Prescott again. And I would be totally fine with that. I w- I'm sure Nev Campbell has had these conversations. Oh, yeah. And I sure. wonder, like, if it's a number or what. Like, I wonder, like, what her game is. Yeah, I mean, she's... We were just saying, like, what's she doing right now? Like, she have she time She was in House of Cards. She was in House of Cards. I think she does a lot of theater. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But I think that given if she, I bet Neff Campbell, given the right amount of money and a good enough script, would be consider would consider doing another script. Do you think she would do it if it was a streaming platform only? Do you think that yes. a streaming platform only would release a screen? I would hope. so. I just feel like stuff like that just becomes kind of like a flash in the pan, and so that's why I feel like maybe this hasn't. Mm. Yeah. You know, if it's not a series, people aren't necessarily gonna. I don't know. It, it's interesting. I quickly have a very funny Halloween story oh, tell me. about the movie Halloween. Oh. And I was meeting my friend's newborn baby, our friend Marielle, oh. and Kevin had a, a baby recently, girl. and I went over to meet it. This baby's like six this weeks old. This is now where I thought we were going. Like I know. <laughs> and, I get, and I walk in, and I'm like saying hi, and I look at Marielle's TV screen, and it's like Halloween 5 is on. I was like, oh, you guys, she's like, yeah, they're playing all of the Halloweens. Claire and I have been watching them all day. <laughs> and I look on the screen, and Paul Rudd is the star of Halloween 5. Oh, my God. And it was incredible. I was like, first of all, Paul Rudd really doesn't age. He looks no, exactly the same today. Age. And it was, like, hilarious to be sitting, holding with the, the six-week-old with my friend sitting next to me. And we're just, like, watching Paul Rudd and, like, in a very <laughs> hilarious like campy horror movie and oh, and yeah. and the best part about it was like this is Clara's seen the first four already like they just had it on in the background she's like yeah sci-fi plays all hol- like all horror movies all month long in October I'm relieved because every time I went over there they've been watching diners drive-ins and dives for like and they're like yeah this is like the fifth hour of this whole yeah 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 I think Parenthood is hard uh, <laughs> Parenthood makes your brain do also, like. Um, Marielle is a friend of the podcast. She did our logo. Yeah, she did. She's the best. She's the best. Uh, which is the best? Scream. Scream no, is the yeah. best, yeah. I, I've loved it when I first watched it in middle school with all the lights on in my house alone and then had to run outside because <laughs> I was scared. Um, so we will be putting up a kind of place placeholder episode. I shouldn't say placeholder episode. We recorded a podcast over the summer um, about a teen, a tween movie, The Parent Trap, and I think we'll put that up next week because I, I will be in Napa, so it's oh, quite yeah. fitting. Erin um, has a big, big week ahead of her. She's oh, going yeah. to Vegas yep. to celebrate her 30th birthday. Yeah. She's going to see Lady Gaga. I'm so excited. It's going to be epic, and then she goes, you know, just as one does, casually takes a little jumper plane from Vegas to Napa for her, like, wine country weekend. This is not my life, uh, usually. This people. is literally Erin's life. She's literally doing all of these things. She Her, I, her nails currently look like a glass of champagne. Yeah. Because I'm really leaning the, into my 30s She's, here. uh, yeah, I'm in my 30s, and my nails look like I just Stop. put up drywall. Um, um, yeah, I'm going to visit my friend's. Who do have parents? My cousins, not my the, friends, my uh, cousins. Her, uh, her cousins, the Hadids, who no. she's visiting. <laughs> Stop. I told you I saw Gigi Hadid at the Casey Musgraves concert. Because <laughs> you guys are best friends. Yeah, um, so if Erin comes back from her sojourn. No, I'll come back and then <laughs> what are we going to do? It, so 
we will put up the Parent Trap episode next week. The audio quality on that is not great because we recorded it on my balcony in the summer, but stick with Just us. Just another, uh, Aaron has a balcony, she's Stop. going to Napa. That's not that weird. That's not that weird that I have a balcony. We recorded it in my balcony Stop. in the <laughs> um, We're going to do First Love. Yeah, which it's a lot of very cozy fall movies, it's, which we're excited well, about. Well, it's a movie that I've... I love Spectacular Now. Um, then we're going to do Say Anything, which is a movie that really grinds my gears. And then Get we're ready gonna, for Hot mm, Takes Aaron. And then we're going to do um, The Last Song, yes. which feels really topical now, considering the... Oh, Miley. Miley drama. Miley. Um, so I think none of... I think all these <laughs> movies actually take place over the summer. Yeah. But they all feel very... Like, you watch them in the fall, or at least I do. No, I always watch Spectacular Now, and like... Well, I haven't watched say anything in years. We'll save this for the next pod. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, um, thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Send us an email. Yeah, if you want us to do any movies or touch on anything, let us know. We're definitely open to recommendations. Yeah. We've got some things lined up for the, this second season that will run us right to the holidays. Um, Netflix is doing a Christmas teen movie with Kieran and Shipka that we can't wait for. Yeah. That will be a special episode. But if, yeah, if there's anything that you love want to hear about let us know for sure except for mighty ducks we've gone over this with a few people they're not teenagers (laughs) bye